Welcome everyone to episode 31 of the Slow Spin Society podcast. I am your usual co-host Paul, and as always, with your other co-host Fabian. Hi Fabian. Hi Paul. <laughs> that's a that's really high pitch today. Yeah, also, like... I had to cough, like telling my throat. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a lot of energy, I see. Hi Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not alone. Yeah, of course, uh, we have... A guest this week this is our weekly guest show our monthly guest show sorry and we have oli from wavy willies the youtube channel you might know of yo how's it going guys stoked to be here hello yeah pretty i'm doing pretty good um and if you guys want to hear about uh fabian's university welcome welcome to the to the world of university exactly my cheese sandwich no, yeah cheese sandwich <laughs> a dip fried chocolate bars number 22 hiring then you should listen to the pre-show you can access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast or by subscribing directly on apple podcast but more on that later yes first oli welcome to the show it's really nice to have you here yes and yeah if you might telling us a little bit about uh, yourself and how you get into fixed gear maybe totally um yeah so my name's ollie um aka wavy wheelies as most people will probably know me by um yeah and i i basically make or film uh videos in my garage mainly fixed gear stuff bike builds restorations and yeah post them all up on youtube got into fixed gear in like 2012 um come from a bit of a bmx background um, but yeah, fixed gear, I think came, started popping up in New Zealand in like 2010, kind of when it was first kicking off. Me and my mates all got fixed gears, rode for two or three years and then, and then basically stopped riding, um, kept riding BMX for a while and yeah, re got back into it in about 2018. Awesome. So you're located in New Zealand, I guess New Zealand being small already this this scene might be like even smaller right yeah it's pretty small man um yeah unfortunately yeah i mean there's not many events or or yeah ride outs that that happen here um at the moment i mean yeah like kind of kind of peaked in probably 2010 but mm -hmm. there's there's still you know there's still a lot of riders um but i think it's just yeah, somebody needs to kind of step up and start creating some events or, or yeah, or, or creating some rides. Yeah. You might as well do that, right? Yeah, yeah man. Well, yeah, I've, I've thought about it quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I've actually, I've met quite a few people, um, in my city through doing my videos on YouTube, uh -huh. um, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I've connected and kind of realized that, yeah, there's more riders out there than I thought there mm. was. Um, so yeah, I have kind of yeah talked to talked to quite a few people about doing some rides, but just hasn't happened yet. It takes a lot of organizing and consistency to do like a proper proper ride out, like setting up setting it up and having a route and every having it in every day. Yeah, man, totally. So, yeah, yeah, it's a commitment. In the yeah. End. Like out of curiosity, I was searching how how big New Zealand was, and yeah, you guys are only like five million of you, <laughs> and. But the the, the yeah, space, man. you guys are so massive, New Zealand. It's like seven times the size of the Netherlands. But the Netherlands has what? Is it seven yeah, times? Like six point seven. But it's massive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of that is inhabitable. But yeah, the Netherlands has, I think, more than three times as many people in a tinier space. So I, I can I can see yeah. why it would be difficult, not only to 
not only to have like a large fixed gear community, but also to find each other if you're more or less a bit more spread out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, yeah, there's like in Christchurch, um, as you mentioned before, your yeah. mate was thinking about moving there. Um, and yeah, so that's like a pretty flat city and Auckland's pretty hilly. So it's not the most like ideal spot to ride, I guess. Um, people obviously still do. But yeah, there's a, a city in the South Island in New Zealand called Christchurch and they've got a pretty big kind of cycling scene there because um, the city's mainly flat um mm-hmm. so a lot of people ride and so yeah they've got like a little little fixed gear crew down there um but i haven't haven't been down to ride with them yet how how far is it from oakland <laughs> i'm searching that well <laughs> well yeah so like new zealand's separated into like two islands uh-huh. like the north and south so like you either fly and it's probably like an hour and a half right okay uh, not too long or you can like drive um, but you'd have to get on the ferry so there's like this ferry that goes in between the north and south island um, so yeah it'd be a pretty long drive oh yeah no it's definitely it's, not a two hours drive just to no. get there and then you can come back the nah. same day no 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 yeah i'm um, looking on google yeah, and apparently you can i mean i'm not saying you can but if you wanted to you could cycle there within 57 hours 1,088 kilometers. Yeah, it's a bit of a long ride. I don't know about that. 1,088 kilometers. Yeah, it's just like a... There you go. Quick <laughs> hop down to the corner dairy, right? <laughs> the corner dairy. <laughs> Damn, I'm, yeah, yeah. I know all the slang now. All the terms. <laughs> well, yeah, we just say dairy. Okay, the dairy. Corner dairy works. <laughs> <laughs> I was like mixing corner shop and dairy. Corner yeah, dairy. yeah, yeah, just yeah, dairy. yeah. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, the corner convenient dairy store. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, like, in, in Auckland, so the, the, the community is quite small, as you told us. Uh, but is there, yeah. like, there's, what, like, 10, 20 people to ride with? Or it's more than that? Uh, to be honest, man, like, I don't know how many there is but yeah from a rough guess mm. i would probably say there's like yeah if i set up something um put the feelers out made an event or something uh-huh. i'd expect yeah like 20 20 people plus hopefully that's good um, but yeah i mean like at the moment there's like a few there's a few kind of rides that people do like weekly mm-hmm. um some there's one that used to started off fixed gear back in back in the day um but all those riders have kind of i think mostly moved on to like well i guess geared bikes so it's less of like a fixed gear ride uh-huh. so yeah in terms of like fixed gear specific um yeah not much not much going on yeah and in terms of fixed gear what's like your cycling style if there's one way or a few ways to put it like do you do you prefer doing Me? tricks yeah or like what do you do what do you do on, on yeah gear? man like yeah i enjoy doing tricks um so yeah like i said i i come from a bit of a bmx background um so rode bmx for quite a few years so yeah jumping on a fixed gear is like quite a similar you know when i got wide bars it kind of feels yeah it's, it, i guess it's like yeah pretty pretty different but you kind of feel 
kind of similar connection to the bike in a way. Uh-huh. You're obviously like a bit more kind of connected to a fixed gear, but I still, yeah, love taking it down to the skate park and just just shredding like I would on my BMX. <laughs> it's a little bit sketchier, obviously, when you're hitting like over like over like pyramids and like camel humps and stuff yeah. um, with the cranks and learning all that stuff. But yeah, it's like a bit of an extra challenge, which is cool. But yeah. No, I just love smashing around on the streets. Um, I don't go like super fast, but yeah, love doing tricks, learning new stuff, fish and chips. Need to learn how to keo spin one day. <laughs> yeah. And, Do you uh, guys have a, a velodrome near you? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few velodromes. There's Phew. like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this there's guy. A velodrome in New Zealand? There's no way. <laughs> There's like two in my country. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's like a proper one um, in Cambridge, which is like an hour and a half out of Auckland, um, like a proper indoor velodrome, and then there's a couple of those like bigger outdoor kind of concrete ones. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 not huge, and most of most of the track bikes or fixed gears you'll find like on the marketplace in New Zealand are pretty much from just like velodrome riders like because of yeah new zealand like like we said is pretty is the furthest away from the rest of the world besides australia is there (laughs) (laughs) well on the map at least and maybe but is is there a lot of trouble in getting fixed gear bikes into new zealand from abroad with like import taxes and shipping costs shipping times or yeah because I was working in a bike shop and there was that guy from New Zealand, he came by and he bought everything that was BMX related and he was like, oh yeah, we have like so many import taxes in New Zealand that it's just way better to travel and buy some stuff. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, obviously like, yeah, it's pretty hard to get parts and um, yeah, even like BMX stuff, there's a few suppliers. Um, but yeah, most of the, most of the stuff we can get, like we can get quite a lot of like track velodrome spec stuff. So you can get your like Dura-Ace cranks and, and all that kind of stuff from like velodrome shops. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like most of the stuff is, yeah, ordering it online, hoping it doesn't get taxed when it comes into the country. Like sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll sting you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it can be can be quite hard and but yeah, and like the second hand marketplace is also pretty small. Um but yeah, like a lot of the stuff that I get is from the velodrome riders, like track riders. Uh-huh. Like I usually I'll usually kind of buy like a complete um and then strip it down for the parts and that's like the cheapest way or sometimes like the only way I can get specific components. Yeah, then you're you have like the perfect skill set for being a fixed gear rider in, in New Zealand, being able to do all all the mechanical things yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, definitely helps. Yeah, we were last episode we were talking about maintenance and all that stuff, and I I've seen in your videos you have like a bunch of tools already you you have pretty much everything a guy would need to strip (laughs) or build a complete bike yeah man um yeah i don't have like absolutely everything um but i've got pretty much pretty much everything you need to build a fixed gear obviously like i 
do a lot of bike build videos yeah. and restoration videos. Um, but yeah, a lot of the tools I had from from my childhood and like my BMX days because I always used to work on my own bikes and coming from BMX, you'd always thrash your bike and break stuff. So you just kind of naturally learned to repair it. And yeah, I always enjoyed doing it. So held on to my tools and and yeah, and yeah, just slowly bought more and and here we are. Yeah. So since you can do everything yourself and use the used market to find parts, are there still any like bike stores that you would recommend in Auckland or in New Zealand in general? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple. So at the moment I'm working, um, at a bike shop called T White's Bikes, um, which is a pretty sweet shop. And that's probably like in Auckland, um, especially like back in the day when fixed gear was like first popping off in 2010, they were the place to go. Um, cause they were pretty much the only place that would have that fixed gear culture and BMX culture. Um, they would have the components and they'd sell secondhand stuff as well. So, yeah, T White's bikes is is pretty solid. Apart from that, um, there's a bunch of like yeah, like I said before, kind of just like track, velodrome kind of yeah. shops. Um, a few more like in in Christchurch, um, but yeah, there's not not a whole lot. Yeah, no, I, I'm honestly pretty impressed with like the the quality of bikes you're able to put out with how little the second hand market might be in New Zealand. I, I mean, sometimes you must feel like you need to go around a certain route or for example, oh yeah, that is definitely not available right now. I might use like a different crank or a different something, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean like, Part of what I do, I guess, um, when I'm building my bikes and stuff, I, I buy and sell quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of helps fund what I do and the bikes that I build because um, there's no way I'd kind of make enough money to spend all this money on SRAM Omniums and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I buy, I buy a lot and I'm always, always searching online in the New Zealand marketplaces, just always every day keeping my eye out for anything fixed gear or track related and if it's a decent price i usually kind of jump on it and yeah. you know even if it's like a kind of full complete bike and it's yeah got like omniums on it or some like durace hubs thompson stem thompson seat posts i'll kind of buy it for the parts and then uh -huh. move on the frame and kind of built up a bit of like i guess like an inventory or like collection of parts so i kind of have this base to kind of do my builds off if that makes sense yeah definitely so yeah your entire youtube channel is basically yeah not basically it is just you building bikes or fixed gear bikes whether it's conversions mountain bikes to fixed gears or, or whatever and um is, is there did you just start the youtube channel for for fun because you were doing this anyway or was there like a specific goal in mind yeah man it was it kind of happened pretty naturally pretty organically um first first posted my first video it was like year year and a bit ago now um it was kind of when covid first hit and new zealand went into lockdown so i just had a whole bunch of time on my hands um i just moved back from the uk so i was kind of back in my garage had a bunch of bikes and 
and had a camera and yeah I've always kind of enjoyed filming videos and putting them out there um and I was just on YouTube a lot watching like every fixed gear video I could find <laughs> and I thought yeah I've got a camera I've got bikes I've got tools um I'll film some videos and see if people enjoy them and yeah got a little bit of traction and I was like oh maybe I'll just keep going with this and and yeah here we are <laughs> yeah and the YouTube channel is just you or do you have like other people helping you with editing and recording or yeah so it's pretty much just me um I film pretty much everything myself in the garage and the workshop and stuff um and then I obviously get my girlfriend helps me do the writing clips and filming um occasionally ask some mates to come help me out as well but yeah it's mostly me um I did do one build so I did a, a mash steel build um and that was through I built it for a friend that I met through um through my channel I guess he just oh, contacted cool. me on Instagram which was cool and he was like I've got this bike I need to get it built up and I was like yeah man sound, sounds cool so <laughs> yeah I've done that but pretty much all the other bikes are kind of my personal bikes or bikes that I've built just to have a bit of fun on and then and then sell on All right. Yeah, I guess it, it answers directly to to our next question that was, do you build bikes only for yourself or also for your friends? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, most of the bikes are for me, but yeah, I've built a couple um, couple for my friends. And yeah, I've got a, got a few in the works coming up. So, so yeah, I'm pretty open to all of that stuff. Um, yeah. That's cool. I remember I discovered your channel first when I think that was that video was your Gazetta was a mash work. Oh fork. yeah, yeah. And I was Bike like, check. man, that's dope. I love that. Thanks, man. The it just gives an entire style of of for that Gazetta. You know, it's not my favorite bike by far mm. but with that mashwork fork it just looks so different yeah yeah that's my so that's a that's my daily rider that's the bike that i ride the most um but yeah it's a yeah i think it uh the original gazetta fork's a bit of a you know it's not the nicest looking fork it's that uni crown one and um yeah yeah i managed to get my hands on mashwork fork unfortunately it didn't come with the frame but <laughs> um yeah i chucked it on and yeah it's it's yeah it looks a lot better since you mainly focus on the secondhand market in new zealand are there any specific parts or frame sets that that you would buy from abroad and import like on ebay.com or something yeah like that? yeah definitely man um so i'm like always kind of looking out for stuff um pretty interested in njs frames as well so i'm, I'm on njs export a lot um always oh, refreshing yeah. that <laughs> and um but yeah i mean if there's something that i really want and i can only get it from overseas i'll definitely i'll definitely buy it um but yeah like a lot of the builds that i've done have just been kind of because like a bike will or a frame will pop up in new zealand and i'll jump on it and Yeah, because you don't really see them come up that often. Yeah, on NGS Export, I was actually there yesterday because I, don't know, I was just taking a look. And they got in a bunch of Stratos. 
Oh yeah. They have like I've, I like three or four green ones with like rainbow flakes in it. Dope. They look sick. They look awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, you people need to cope that before they're gone because oh yeah, they look awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll send. I'll put I'll put a picture and mm. a link in the show notes. But yeah, and the NGS export guy, he's actually. I mean, he's a nice guy, you know. I I met him when I was in Japan, and he's obviously making a shit ton of money because he get all those frames for basically nothing. Oh, true. <laughs> and resell them to uh, people abroad that really want an NGS frame. Yeah. But yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've I've had a few kind of email conversations with him, and he's always super helpful. Um, always sends like more pictures if you ask for them. And yeah, he seems like a real, real nice guy. That's that's pretty cool that you met him. Yeah, he lives in he lives in I think Yokohama, uh, which is thirty minutes away from Tokyo. And was it Yokohama? Yeah, I think so. And I remember one day uh, I bought a frame from him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, can can we just meet in Shibuya? I, I work there." And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, no problem. I'll just." I'll just drop it at your workplace. And I was like, man, that's that's Legend. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty nice of pretty nice. <laughs> what was of the him. frame? Uh it was a it was a Samsung uh Sakura fade. I sold it to my friend a while ago and now it's uh Kang at the frame builder uh, on Instagram that got oh, that frame. True. And yeah. It's part of those many frames that are absolutely sick and I loved, but they were a little bit too small for me. Yeah. And so I sold them and I kind of regret them. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, I can't ride that anyway because it's it's too small, you know. Um, there is that one. There is um, a Cole Nago dream that was too small for me. There was... A really, really nice Somic Tempest that was too small for me that I, I saw uh, yesterday, actually. Bunch of bikes that were really nice, but just a tiny small. Yeah, size yeah. size is definitely another mm-hmm. factor when it comes to, like, secondhand market. Um, yeah. Yeah, something will pop up. But, yeah, the, the rarity of getting it in your size is, is, another, is another thing, <laughs> another factor. Yeah. I'm pretty lucky because my frame size is like 56, 57. So there's a lot out yeah. there. But sometimes I'm like, oh, that 54 could probably fit me, right? <laughs> and no, it doesn't. <laughs> Super long boy stare. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Like 140 all the way down uh, there. On your YouTube channel, do you notice any specific like frames and build videos that get much more attention than um, others that you post yeah i mean like in terms of videos i think like my restoration videos people really seem to enjoy um and the ones that i kind of um voice over as well because a lot of the bike builds well most of the bike builds i don't voice over um mm. and then yeah so my restorations i kind of felt like i just had to kind of talk over them a little bit more to explain a few little things um but yeah, probably like the restoration videos. Um, and then obviously like I've done a lot of Chinelli builds and they're pretty popular. But yeah, I haven't, you know, I don't have like hundreds of videos, so it's kind of hard to hard to say. But I did I did that Surly Steamroller, which mm. which kind of blew up kind of pretty big. But Oh yeah, I see that one. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it got pretty, got pretty hectic and very surprised. Oh yeah, if I'm looking, if I'm scrolling through, I can see like the the mash ones always get way more than the others. Yeah, I mean, like I I I do get genuinely surprised. Like I always think like you know I might think like oh yeah this video is going to probably you know do a little bit better because it's you know like a Chinelli or something. But then I'll do like a you know like an on one or like a Dodici or something, and it'll you know get more views and yeah i have mm. no idea why but it's just the nature of of youtube i guess and just what people yeah. want to see or yeah i'm surprised that the candle track bike check only has 10k views compared to some of your other videos well yeah i guess that's a so yeah, that was... that's another one that i kind of was like oh you know people love this frame exactly yeah um but yeah it's it's i mean i'm still super like super stoked with any amount of views to be honest of um yeah yeah and like it's it's grown to a stage that i never thought it would kind of grow to so yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty kind of crazy crazy for me the the candle track was your boss bike right yeah yeah it must be pretty stressful to work on <laughs> first the candle track and second it's your boss's bike uh, yeah so yeah it was it was completely built up so I just did like a bike check video on it. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, it's a it's a super nice bike. It's just been hanging up in the bike shop and I, I see it every day. I go into work and um, <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's just kind of like kind of winking at me, like ride me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on that wall for ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dust me off, pump, pump up the tires, man. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're sick bikes, man. Um, I mean, you guys probably probably seen them, but they're they're pretty hard to come by in New Zealand. So it's pretty sick to be able to yeah, see one imagine. and ride one. Yeah, no, obviously, even more so in New Zealand. Yeah, it might be the only one. Who knows? <laughs> might be. Yeah. If there's anyone in New Zealand listening to this, um, if you're on a candle track, you might raise your hand right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, hit me up. I might be keen to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have for for anyone out there because fixed gear content on YouTube and on the internet in general is pretty rare at the moment. There's not that much of us out there putting out uh, fixed gear content either as a podcast or a YouTube channel or I don't know as a blog. Mm. Do you have any tips for running like a successful fixed gear bike YouTube channel? Oh, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, just be, just do what you enjoy, do what you like. Um, you know, like obviously, yeah, I got like a lot of inspiration from other other people I watched, but um, yeah, I'm definitely no expert. I think it definitely just kind of took me by surprise. Um, so yeah, I don't know any like secret techniques or anything or or whatever to get to get views um it kind of just happened um Mm. but yeah just be like just be honest if you want to make some stuff just make it put it out there see what people think get feedback from from people and yeah and just grow from there do you wish there was more fixier content available out there yeah i mean totally i think i think we all do and that was like kind of one of the reasons I started making the videos. Like I said before, I was just on YouTube a lot, just watching 
back-to-back fixed gear videos, bike builds, and I kind of started running out. And um, and that was kind of a reason. And I was just like, oh, you know, like these these other videos are getting quite a few views. You know, people might be interested in some of my bikes, you know, so I did some bike checks and some riding clips and and then some bike builds. And, and yeah, so I think we all, we all kind of want more content out there, don't we? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's small fixed gear is small man <laughs> it is small yeah but it's cool in the big picture it's cool it need to make it bigger yeah so you, yeah yeah you mentioned that you started your youtube channel only like a year a year and a half ago and now it's already up to twenty five thousand subscribers from what i can see and yeah with that you also have your own well your own website and some merchandise available uh and like the you have one t-shirt which is which is like a cool design on it it has like a bike with an octopus riding yeah man yeah, yeah. is there is there like a story behind the octopus or is it just nah just cool not really um yeah i mean like i wanted to sell a bit of merch to you know like let people that wanted to support me support me um by buying merch and yeah no i got my mate um my good mate finn to to do the design on that one and we were kind of talking and we kind of all agreed that like human faces are quite hard to draw. Um, yeah. And yeah, one of us was just like, oh, we should do just like an animal animal head and then octopus got kind of thrown in there and I just thought it worked quite well because like octopus and it had like long tentacles and yeah, kind of wavy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it looks super, <laughs> True, okay, it looks yeah. Crazy, yeah. It was all pretty Yeah, all it's, pretty it's wavy. <laughs> all pretty random. <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned like the whole choosing an animal riding a bike thing it's, it makes sense because we also have on our patreon we have like these little characters for each tier and we have for each each tier we have a otter riding a bike all oh, right like it's, it's like an otter wearing a beanie and otter with like whatever yeah but yeah it looks it looks nicer than one of us yeah uh, yeah yeah i think it <laughs> does yeah it's just a little bit maybe more interesting i don't know by the way talking about youtube channel uh we also have a YouTube channel, people, so check it out. I mean, there's just the podcast on there, but oh. it might be there might be something new soon. So Ooh. go subscribe, smash the like button, and do Pump something. Pump it up. <laughs> Hit the little bell. Oh, yeah. Hit the little bell, and welcome to Watch Mojo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Here is my top 10 fixed gear parts. The wheels. The frame. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we mentioned that last week we talked, we had an episode about fixing your maintenance and how to take care of your bike. Um, are there, so you having built a bunch of bikes already, are there any small or often overlooked things that people forget when building or taking care of their bike? Like fixed gear um, or other? Yeah, I mean, like chainring bolts. Check your chainring bolts. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people um, riding with like three, and I'm with like, three bolts. Dude. <laughs> And I've seen photos of um, folded and half chainrings. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, just check over your bike. Like, fixed gears are pretty much the simplest bike, so it's not that hard. Um, make sure everything's all tight and your back wheel's not too loose. It's not going to, you know, when you rip a big skid, it's not going to move out. And your bars and your stem's tight. But yeah, no, not really. It's all pretty, it's all pretty basic. Um, oh yeah, and put put grease on your seat bars, please. 
please put grease on your seatbelts. Oh, you don't want that thing stuck in there forever. No. Have you guys ever had experience with a seized seatbelt? No. Uh, that was going to be my question to you. Like, what do you do in a, in a situation like that? Uh, yeah, nah, uh, so I've had, um, I've had two. So I've bought two bikes in the past. And yeah, I kind of I usually check over the bikes when I buy them. But, you know, sometimes you don't check everything, obviously. Um, but yeah, I've had a C seat post. Um, and it was so in there, you know, I had it in a vice soaking it in penetrating oil for like <laughs> days, couldn't get it loose. Um, and then found some, some crazy video on YouTube of a, of somebody using like drain okay. cleaner, which is basically like caustic soda. Okay. And, um, it basically dissolves aluminum. What? So you can only do it. Yeah. You can only do it when you have like a steel frame and an aluminum seat post. Um, but you can basically, so you pour it down like through the bottom bracket shell into the seat post and it just like bubbles up and just like does some crazy chemical reaction um, and gets like super hot. But yeah, basically had to dissolve the, the seat post out of the frame. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> hardcore so... thing I ever heard about seat, seat, seat post. Yeah, man. I mean, like sometimes like you can free them up if you have them in a vice and you really like, crank on it um but i've had two where like i've tried that and it's been it's been like impossible and occasionally like in a you know very rarely you can actually like rip open the seat tube of the frame if you put too much force into it yeah um when like the seat post is actually like bonded pretty much <laughs> yeah. to the frame um so yeah man that's like last resort it messes up your paint on your frame as well so try not get it on your frame if you're oh, I'm guessing yeah. this it's a really, it's really pretty, last resort. Yeah, nah, yeah, it's brutal, man. It like it, it proper like explodes and like steams up and like what gets like hell? red hot. It's hectic, yeah, it's hectic. Okay, I'm guessing you cannot you cannot use the seat post afterwards, right? No, no, no. The, the seat <laughs> post is like liquid afterwards. Oh, no. oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a really hardcore way to get rid out of a, a seat post, but well, now you know. Yes, grease your seat post, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's important. I had one uh, in my everyday bike, and I just wanted to raise the seat post a little bit. So I untied the seat clamp and went to raise it, and I was like, it doesn't move at all. And I'm like, oh shit. And then I remembered I spent the entire winter just not moving it, you know? It was just there, and the, the grease yeah. that was in it was probably gone, you know? Uh, I went <laughs> yeah. along the coast. I went in the Netherlands that winter, uh, and yeah, I think it was it was pretty much gone. And so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I did, like, the double screwdriver technique, and got it out pretty quickly but kind of had a an oops moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah there's another like you can like cut the seat post out um as like another kind of last resort yeah but i've never done that and i'm always afraid that cutting through it i'd cut into the actual frame yeah 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 um, no that looks so brutal but yeah i've never yeah yeah no, it's it sucks, man. Well, seat posts. Also, quill yeah. stems sometimes they have like the same the 
Yes, situation. yes, quill stems get seized. They're a little bit easier because you can hammer them uh, from the bottom of the fork. But yeah, yeah. yeah you, you don't want to get that seized too. No, it's not fun. Oh yeah, before I forget, you mentioned that you come from a BMX background and you like doing tricks on your fixed gear bike as well, right? Yep. And um, for yeah, on our like Discord server, like our chat server, whatever, for the Slow Spin Society podcast, we do these monthly challenges, one easy one and one more difficult one. And last month, the challenge for the difficult one was to do a 30-second track stand while doing something with your hands. So people were doing like archery or writing emails or building a wheel while track standing. And that was pretty cool to see. And for this month, we wanted to make it a bit more difficult. So I decided, I cannot do it, but I decided the challenge to be a five-second minimum no-handed wheelie. Is that really that difficult? Am I overestimating? No-handed wheelie? people can do. Yeah, for five seconds at least. On a fixed gear or BMX? Yeah, on a fixed <laughs> gear, sorry. Um, I, I cannot do that. <laughs> oh, yeah and um, wavy wheelies. even though oh, even on wavy wheelies yeah um yeah man no it's something that i'm like practicing and learning to to do but yeah i can't do that yet it's it, <laughs> okay maybe i i went too hard i'm the telling challenge. you it was hardcore it's, that once yeah it, that's basically like borderline unicycle right <laughs> yeah basically, pretty yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then I guess we'll we'll see who can do it. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, "Oh no, it's totally doable. You can learn that in thirty days, no problem." <laughs> oh, I mean, man, like, yeah, you put your mind to it and you go out there every day. You can, you'll get it. But yeah, yeah, I guess people listening to this podcast have jobs and obligations and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But then, then next month will be slightly easier. We'll see. We'll be between the track stand and the wheelie. We'll see. Maybe just do a wheelie. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was <laughs> maybe not a no-handed wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So some questions about your personal collection. Do you have like a number one frame set, like the one that you will never part with? Because I guess with all the bikes you build, if they're all for yourself, now you have like a pretty like substantial collection, right? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's. Um, creating all these videos and stuff has given me a pretty good excuse to to keep, <laughs> keep and just buy more fixed gears. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, yeah, pretty overwhelmed with the amount of bikes I have at the moment. Um, but yeah, I've probably got like, I've got like six or seven that I don't really want to sell and I don't see myself selling anytime soon. Um, and then the uh -huh. rest that I kind of, um, I'll move and like kind of buy and sell. But yeah, they're mainly, so I got my Surly Steamroller, um, got my Chinelli Gazetta, um, and then I got two two mashes, Chinelli mashes. Um, I got my OG Bolt, which was like the first the first one of the collaboration yeah. that double double toned gray. That's probably one that's probably closest, like most special for me, just because it's like the first of their collaboration, and um, and yeah, like I first saw it back in 2012 when I first rode fixed gear and um, mm -hmm. before I even knew like kind of who MASH or even like Chinelli was, um, I just like saved the photo of the frame set on my computer and I just had it like for years on my computer and I never really knew what that frame set was 
um, until like I re got back into fixed gear in like 2018. And then I learned about it. And then, yeah, I finally got my hands on one. And um, there was somebody in New Zealand selling it. So I was pretty stoked. And there's probably only like a couple in New Zealand. So, yeah, that's probably my most like special one that I won't mm-hmm. let go of. That's a pretty cool bike. I knew that Fabian is, you do really like the green one that went just after, right? But no, I think that one's dis- that one's disgusting. That one's nasty. You don't, don't like <laughs> oh, it. Man. No, so I'm sorry. No, but that's just, that's just me though. Nah, I fair have, enough, fair enough. Uh, I think it's too, too out there. Yeah, what are you guys, <laughs> what are you guys thoughts on like the Chinelli mash lineup and all that? You guys fans of, of them or the frames? I have a parallax. Dope. and uh and the work and they both work pretty great the work geometry really does fit me uh yeah it's uh, it's my main bike and yeah i use it all the time and it's a really comfy bike the parallax is uh it's really low you know i couldn't ride an instagram it would be too low for me mm. the parallax is are is low enough already and but it's it's an awesome bike you know it's super responsive super twitchy uh yeah it's it's a cool bike which parallax do you have i have the last one the Xenotype. oh yeah set yeah that one's dope the, the blue the white blue one yeah is that the one i tried that's the one you tried yeah nice fun story about that bike is i had it for two years and then i gave it to a friend in osaka and then a year ago a good a good friend bought an, a parallax and optical and i was like oh man i kind of miss my parallax and so i sent a message to my friend in in osaka and it's like do you still have my parallax by any chance it's like oh yeah i, I do have that and it's like can I have that back? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you um I'll give you a, a super Corsa. And he was like, Oh yeah, definitely. And and yeah, right. so I got my parallax back probably like four years after. Yeah. Epic. Still the same stickers on it, still everything. <laughs> Wicked. Love a good trade. Small world. Trade back. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a good trade. I got I got a, a Sinelli Super Corsa Pista was like red and chrome logs and all the bells and whistles yeah uh and it was uh and i got it for really 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 cheap and it was still was the price tag on it and was the original wrap and everything stolen as fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah what's going on there (laughs) and yeah the guy was selling it for 400 euros and i was like yeah 400 euros for something the price tag on it was uh, i think like 2000 something like that and i was like why you're why you're selling this and i was like oh man you know like i bought it when i was in my 35s and yeah i'm, I'm never gonna build it so yeah i can sell it back <laughs> and i was like yeah but you could have more money from this it's like ah oh, you know it's not a problem I, i'd rather like young people to enjoy it's like oh my god that's a really nice dude <laughs> yeah shout out to those people <laughs> yeah 
legend. But he also had like because I went to pick it up to to his place and his in his apartment he has like a a Seahawk uh C I O C C I think. Um I don't I don't remember but he had like that super rare frame that you'd never see anywhere and it was just like hanging there and I was like, oh okay. See I see uh I see the kind of people I'm dealing with. And he had another Super Corsa, but uh, fully chromed with like the, the bronze color, um, but as a road bike, like hmm. kind of a Neo Retro build. And yeah, that was, man, that was some nice bikes. Now you have his address, right? <laughs> yeah, I do have this address, but I'm not going to do anything with it. Well, you can't say that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal bike people. Just to deliver him some flowers. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. I saved it. Saved it. As a thank you gift. <laughs> yeah. But now that's the Procorsa lives in Japan, so pretty good. Wicked. So I guess with always looking on the secondhand market, uh, you might have a frame or two that just slipped between your fingers. Um, is there anything that you regret not buying? Ooh, um, not really. Nothing I can really think of that stands out. Um, like I have on like some parts that have gone kind of cheap. I've missed out on mm -hmm. them, um, but not really frames or, or full builds. Um, yeah, I mean like looking back on it now, like I regret not buying certain frames like two years ago because they were cheaper. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like the prices are, are going so hectic at the moment. Um, but yeah, nothing really that I missed out on. Most of the, most of the stuff that pops up in New Zealand, uh, I jump on pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on the, the flip side, anything you regret buying? Regret buying? Yeah. Uh, mm, or are you just a conscious buyer? <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, like, I never, I mean, I don't really spend like a whole lot of money. Like, a lot of the stuff I buy is secondhand. And, um, yeah. I usually, I don't know, I usually get, pretty decent deals on stuff um and i won't really take like a big risk on something that like i don't know too much about or i can't see it in person um but yeah i have like like i mentioned before i've bought two bikes that have had c seat posts and um so i kind of regretted buying those like you know get back <laughs> and um it's yeah pretty fun but yeah i mean like so, I mean, I haven't had too many bikes that have been like damaged. Um, I bought a few like cheaper bikes and like found like a crack in the frame or something, um, which is always pretty, pretty shit. But yeah. yeah, I haven't really lost out on like a big sum of money or anything. Um, yeah. Do you have a local frame builder to repair if it's a steel frame that has a crack in it? Uh, not that I know of personally in Auckland um there is like a yeah, there's a bunch of frame builders I do know like a aluminium frame builder um who also does yeah a bit of steel stuff so yeah I guess so but yeah I've never had to luckily kind of never had to 
contact anyone <laughs> yeah. to get yeah. something repaired. Drastic. But, um, yeah. Is there any dream frame that you're still after? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a fan of the Chinelli Mash lineup. Um, quite a few of my builds. <laughs> so yeah, there's like some of those frames that I'm kind of always checking eBay for and like the overseas market. In case Which one? Up. We want to know. The people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've been after like a like a parallax, but that ten year anniversary one, the one where there was like only oh, yeah. like a hundred made or whatever. I mean, it's yeah, obviously yeah. probably never going to pop up, and if it pops up, it's going to be way more money than I could probably afford. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, no, I I kind of enjoy kind of buying all sorts of different ones um, and kind of just like seeing the uniqueness of the, of the bikes. I don't really like necessarily like super focus on just one. Um, I usually just see what's popping up on the market and, and kind of jump on it and yeah, get, get excited about it once I bought it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of you guys while listening to this podcast are going to go on eBay or, you know, like just see what's around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is a, I think, um, I saw like a limited one popped on eBay, but that was just the fork and that was $800. <laughs> oh, I think that's, yeah. I think that's still on eBay. Yeah. Oh, that's still, that's still on there. Yeah. Some dudes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like just for the, just the fork. <laughs> Just the yeah. fork. Yeah. yeah. Perfect to put on your little wing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, oh. maybe, I mean, I'm super keen to do a full NJS build at some point. So, like, I've been obviously scouting, like I said before, NJS export, like, almost daily. And, um, yeah, so probably, probably like a Samson or something. Um Bit of a yeah. dream of mine to get one of those with like the Columbus Max fork. Nice bit of rainbow flake going on. Decent condition in my size, but just kind of patiently waiting. <laughs> yeah, all the Samsons ones are going to go so up in price. I mean, they already went up, but since they stopped doing NGS stuff, yeah, finding a, a, a decent Samson is going to be a challenge from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Sure. The next San Rancho is already here. It's called Samsung, and you better get your hands on one before it goes to crazy prices. Hmm. I sold mine for 400 euros, if you're asking. Oh, you had one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had one, yeah. The pink and the white I was talking before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. One kind of a, a last question is, why are your thoughts on where fixed gear is going right now and the fixed gear community as a whole but also in new zealand especially yeah it's it's pretty exciting i think at the moment um yeah i've been kind of back in it since like 2018 so like before that i don't really have too much kind of knowledge of um but yeah it's super exciting and through starting um my youtube and videos with wavy wheelies i've kind of connected to a lot of people in auckland and yeah just making those connections and stuff is getting more people kind of involved and yeah i think it's i think it's pretty cool and the way the bikes are kind of changing as well a little bit 
and there's more brands kind of coming out with frames, giving people more options. Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. exciting. You guys are obviously doing this podcast, um, fixed gear specific. Like it's it's rad, man. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's it's super cool. Just just like keeping my eyes wide open, just seeing what's coming next. You know. Do you have any plans or maybe a little insights that you can give us for what's next on your YouTube channel? Yeah, I've got a I've got a bunch of bunch of bike builds in the works, um, and a few riding edits. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've been planning to kind of I've always wanted to film more riding edits, and um, just trying to find like the time and and people to people to help me do do the filming and and the riding and stuff. Um, but yeah, also like finding other people to to ride and ride in the footage as well. But yeah, I got a couple couple cool bike builds coming up. Um, got a got an NJS one coming up, but can't give you too much information. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm in a little bit of a lull at the moment because New Zealand's gone yeah. back into like a lockdown. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm away from my workshop, so like I actually haven't been back in my workshop for like three weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm on a little bit of a little bit of a lull. So yeah, it's it's a bit annoying, but I'll get back onto it once things open up. Yeah, how's the situation over there? Because is it the same as Australia? If you have a few cases, you guys go under like a a quarantine again, or yeah, pretty much, man. So um, yeah, like with the new Delta variant that's come, um, kind of broke through the border. So like New Zealand's been pretty decent since COVID started. They went yeah. kind of hard and fast doing doing a lockdown which basically kicked covid completely out of the country um so we've gone like without covid for ages and we've only had like one other um kind of outbreak that happened a little while ago but yeah this one happened three weeks ago and yeah new zealand's just still goes straight back into lockdown kind of like yeah australia and um so yeah at the moment they're saying it's like at least another two weeks of like the highest level. Um, but we don't know until like the cases kind of drop down again. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think people always look at New Zealand's take on, on the situation as kind of a role model. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, very, very lucky that our government is doing that, doing that stuff. And they seem to be doing it pretty yeah. well. Yeah, and today the Netherlands turned red for the rest of Europe <laughs> on the map. Oh, really? So, oh, true. Yeah. Wow. Things are going up. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, to round off the, the episode, is there anyone else you would like to see on the show as a guest? Ooh, oh, good question. Um, yeah, maybe going back to, to Samson frames, I'd love to love to hear from um t harada <laughs> if you could get him uh, on the podcast oh, yeah. that'd be pretty legendary i'd love to hear um that would be pretty cool and um, talk about paul you can be the translator <laughs> yeah he doesn't speak an inch of english oh true um but, but, translate yeah get but, a translator on <laughs> i could do that but that would be challenging yeah i mean other frame builders and stuff that'd be cool to hear I don't know, even yeah. their take on like, you know, seeing their frames getting ridden on the street, which, you know, they were never kind of intended for. Um, 
be cool hearing what they got to say. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, frame builder frame builder would be cool. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, guys. Well, I guess this is pretty much all we have time for today. Uh, just before I do the outro, we're recording this at the end of the month, and you know what that means? We're gonna announce the winners of this month's Discord community challenges. So this month's easy challenge was to write a total of. 400 kilometers in August and the hard one was to record yourself doing a 30 second track stand while doing something else. We had awesome uh, submissions. Uh, <laughs> I loved all of those. It was great to watch. Uh, so in total we have eight winners uh, this month. So congrats to our tier 2 and 3 Patreons, Gifted Order, Memba, Thomas, Arthur and Folke for completing this month's challenges. As always, everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog, SlispinCity.com. You can also find the suggestion box where you can tell us what we should talk about in the next podcast. You can find us on our Discord server, the invite link is also in the show notes, or with our Instagram account at Society. Oli, where can people find you, I guess, on Instagram and YouTube, right? Yeah, just, just wavy wheelies. Instagram Everywhere. And YouTube. <laughs> yeah everywhere links will be in the show notes yeah yeah we'll put all of that in the show notes sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice if you get value out of the show why not considering putting value back in either by supporting us on apple Podcasts with their new subscription program or by visiting patreon.com slash podcast to join the community where pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 27 Patreons, bringing us closer to our monthly goal and more privileges for every tier. As usual, thank you so much for your support. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Amaria, and the illustration, as always, is by at Jolio on Instagram. Woo! <laughs> first try, first try. <laughs> Well, Oli, it was so nice to have you on there. We're gonna go. We're gonna head on to the after show. Uh, and yeah, for everyone listening to us, thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you next Monday. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye-bye.